As the Kentucky Association for the Improvement of Breeds and Stock grew its membership, so did demand for the products of the group's collective expertise and efforts. Across the expanding American frontier, mining kings and railroad industrialists required ever greater numbers of strong horses to replenish their stables and started to rely upon Kentucky as a primary source of equine stock. By the 1830s, the animals being bred in the bluegrass state were already proving to be stronger, bigger, and faster than those from more established older farms along the Atlantic seaboard. Our story of the Kentucky horse begins here with Dr. Elisha Warfield and Henry Clay. These two men, along with other wealthy, influential Lexingtonian gentlemen farmers, capitalized upon the economic demand for quarter horses and pacing stallions. And they also promoted thoroughbred racing at a time when it was all but completely illegal in the northern states. But to win races, one needed strong, fast horses. Five years after Warfield left a successful medical practice to pursue thoroughbred breeding full-time, he purchased 123 acres near what is now Fifth and Race Streets in Lexington, off Winchester Road. Here, he built what was to become a massive and successful breeding farm, encompassing 600 acres and known as the Meadows. In 1828, Warfield helped select the site for the Kentucky Association's new thoroughbred racetrack, conveniently located on land adjacent to his farm. There, a new one-mile dirt track was built, complete with modern amenities, including a clubhouse, grandstand, bedding pavilion, and race course. By 1837, the bluegrass region of central Kentucky was well populated with breeding farms. That summer, a contingent met at Brennan's Phoenix Hotel, which was the former site of Postlewaite's Tavern, and with 39 additional assurances of support from regional stockmen, agreed to arrange for the production and publication of the Kentucky Stock Book, with the purpose of advertising the purebred livestock of central Kentucky. The Kentucky Gazette reported the minutes of the meeting and the attendees. Mr. Thomas Campbell, a superior miniature painter and drawer on stone, attended the meeting by request, as did also Mr. E. Troy, so distinguished for his elegant and superior paintings of animals. Mr. E. Troy has been engaged to remain in Kentucky for the purpose of executing paintings and sketches for the work. His prices are as follows. For a full-sized horse, $60. For a bull, $50. For a cow, $30. For the same or any other animal, small-sized painting, $15. When more than three are ordered, $18 each. For less than that number, and in all cases, when called a distance for less than three, his expenses on the trip are to be paid. Specimens of the paintings of Mr. Troy and engravings of Mr. Campbell included for the work are to be left at Mr. Brennan's tavern, and all are invited to examine them. 
This book will be got up with great labor and accuracy, and for beauty and style of engraving and painting, at least equal to any English work of the same character, and at a cost of less than one-third. The endeavor will be to embody the history and pedigree of all the fine stock in our state from the earliest day to the present time. In early days, as fine stock as the world could produce was brought to our estate, the record of them is almost forgotten, though their pure blood runs in the veins of many descendants. What blood is superior? The memory of these horses must be preserved. All persons interested in our stock are desired to prepare their history and pedigree with undoubted references for authenticity. It is earnestly desired that all persons having an interest in the stock of the state will turn their immediate attention to the importance of this subject and come forward with their subscriptions without delay, as a few gentlemen have thus far taken on themselves the responsibility of the work, and they are extremely anxious that every fine-blooded head of stock shall be embraced in the work. Let us all join. And as we believe we have the finest stock in the world, let the world see them. Warfield commissioned Edward Troy to paint Suzette and Allworthy, and because of the painting standard size, 14 inches by 17 inches, they were likely ordered for the Kentucky stock book at the previously mentioned $60 apiece. In 1981, Equine art historian Alexander McKay Smith estimated the number of commissioned portraits produced by Troy for the Kentucky Stock Book at 30 or more. Although the locations of many of these paintings are still unknown, the lithographs produced by Thomas Campbell are still in circulation. Kentucky statesman and gentleman farmer Henry Clay had purchased the first portion of his own 600 acres, called Ashland, in 1806, the year he was elected to the U.S. Senate. As one of the attendees at the launch meeting for the Kentucky Stock Book, Clay also commissioned documentary artworks of his prized stock. His choices reveal much about the economics of central Kentucky breeding farms. By the 1830s and 40s, mule breeding and sales contributed more revenue to central Kentucky farms than did horses, and mules were often considered the most profitable stock that could be raised in the bluegrass. Always a prescient businessman, Clay imported mules in the 1820s and successfully created a distinct breed known as the Kentucky Jack. While away in Washington, he frequently wrote home to inquire about the welfare of his Jacks and Jennies, including his favorite, Magnum Bonum, whose 1837 engraving by Thomas Campbell after Edward Troy's original painting is still housed at Ashland. While working on site at Ashland, Edward Troy produced another painting of the same scale, which although designated for the Kentucky Stock Book, he kept for himself. Spanish Jack with John M. Clay is arguably the artist's most endearing artwork and features another of Clay's prized mules eagerly awaiting a cup of oats delivered by the senator's then 18-year-old son and future heir to Ashland Stud. 
The painting was eventually acquired by Edward Troy's longtime patron, Alexander Keene Richards. Sadly, the two-year effort to capture the finest Kentucky bloodstock in paint and print for posterity, and bragging rights, failed. The Kentucky Stock Book was never published for reasons unknown, but it was probably due to production woes resulting from the financial panic of 1837. Meanwhile, just down the road at the Meadows, a young filly named Alice Carneal would become Warfield's top racing mare. She would eventually be painted by artist Thomas J. Scott in 1857 when she was 21 years of age, perhaps for Warfield to commemorate the best mare he ever bred. As a granddaughter of Sir Archie, considered by experts to be the first great thoroughbred sire in the United States, Alice Carneal was bred to Boston, a racing superstar and audience favorite with the quirky nickname of Old White Nose. On March 17, 1850, Warfield was called to his barn for Alice Carneal had dropped a foal, a strapping bay with a blaze face and four white stockings. He looks just like John Sartorius's painting of the Darley Arabian, Dr. Warfield is said to have observed. We'll call this colt Darley. At the age of three, Darley's name was changed to his more famous moniker, Lexington, by Louisiana horseman Richard Tenbrook. One of the winningest thoroughbred racehorses of the mid-19th century, Lexington was also the top performer on the breeding farm. He produced hundreds of foals, among whom Idlewild, Kentucky, Tom Bowling, Duke of Magenta, and the undefeated asteroid are included in this exhibition. In 